Our scripture lesson this evening is taken from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter uh, 17, beginning at verse 20, uh, verse 20, and reading through chapter 18, verse 8. And my text for this evening is uh, the first eight verses of chapter 18. But to uh, put it in context, we begin in Luke 17, uh, page 1207 in the Pew Bible, 1207. Luke 17, verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under the heavens shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought and sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you that in the night there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? Though he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. When he spoke a parable, then he spoke a parable to them that they might always, that men might, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor reward man. Nor was there a widow in that city, and she came to him. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her continually coming, by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will will he really find faith on the earth? Thus far the reading of God's word, may he add his blessing to it. Beloved of the Lord, perseverance in prayer, says John Calvin, is a rare and difficult attainment. 
Perseverance in prayer is a rare and difficult attainment. Well, here Jesus is urging us to persevere in prayer and uh, urging his disciples to persevere in prayer. And so tonight at this uh, prayer service, I thought we would direct our attention to this admonition of Jesus to persevere in prayer and uh, to urge us to perseverance. He tells a parable that we ought always to pray and not give up, not lose heart. Uh, to understand that parable, we need first to consider its context, then uh, look at its uh, purpose, and uh, then also uh, the encouragement and the promise and the uh, little uh, zinger at the, uh, the end. First of all, what is the context? Well, the context is... Jesus speaking about the future, the coming of the kingdom, and uh, the uh, fact that the disciples are going to have to go through difficult times. As Paul says in one place, uh, we only enter the kingdom with uh, much uh, tribulation, much trials. Uh, It doesn't come easily. And so uh, he says, you're going to long for one of the days of the Son of Man. Now, that's an interesting expression, long for one of the days, plural, plural days, not just long for the day of the Lord, but one of the days of the Lord. He indicates in two places in this, uh, in the end of chapter 17, that there are multiple days of the Lord in the future, and you're going to long for one of them. Uh, what's he talking about? Well, the day of the Lord uh, is uh, the final day of the Lord is the judgment day when God will uh, put everything right, make uh, bring an end to all suffering and pain and grief and sorrow. Uh, he will punish the wicked, put them away where they can never trouble us again, and enter and bless his people abundantly so that they can enter into the fullness of their salvation. But in anticipation of that day, the Lord comes many times, not not physically, not visibly, not uh, with all his heavenly glory. But uh, there are many times when God visits, uh, in a sense, when he visits in judgment upon his enemies and blessing upon his people. Uh, whenever there is a particular event that uh, brings uh, peace and uh, prosperity to the people of God after a period of suffering and persecution, uh, it's a result of the fact that the Lord visited. The Lord came and, and helped his people. And Jesus is saying, in the days of head, You're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because of much persecution. And you're going to long for one of the days of the Lord. You're going to long for relief. You're going to relief from persecution. You want peace and and you want to be able to just uh, relax a little and and enjoy the the gift of salvation and not always be on edge about what's going to happen next and uh, what suffering are we going to have to endure. You're going to long for one of these days. And... uh, Uh, that uh, longing is to be expressed, he says, uh, in prayer. Uh, The way to to deal with this longing, this desire for relief, is to enter into persevering prayer. Pray for it. Uh, There are other alternative options or possibilities to dealing with persecution, wrong uh, options. Uh, people could uh, 
be tempted to take justice into their own hands, not wait for God to, you know, he says, vengeance is mine, I shall repay, says the Lord, therefore you're not to take vengeance on your enemies, rather you're to uh, pray for those who persecute you and bless those who speak ill of you or despitefully use you. Uh, don't uh, take justice into your own hands. They may be uh, tempted in time of persecution to despair and to give up the faith. You know, the uh, the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians uh, tempted to return to Judaism since it was a protected religion under Roman law. As Christians, they had no protection and both Jews and Romans ganged up against them. The Jews provoked the Romans to take uh, action against the Christians. So the Jews were persecuting the Christians. The Romans were persecuting the Christians. And some Christians were thinking, you know, when we were Jewish, <laughs> uh, we didn't have this problem because Rome allows for the Jewish religion. It's a protected religion under Roman law in the early part of the first century before uh, AD 70. And the, the Jews then also came under uh, the, the thumb of the, of the Romans. And uh, so... There were those who were thinking that maybe we should just give up the faith. Uh, hiding your faith is another form of renouncing the faith, a shame to confess it uh, publicly. Instead, uh, they are to arm themselves with prayer. You remember Paul in Ephesians 6 says, put on the whole armor of God. And what is the uh, final bit of armor that he talks about there. Well, he talks about uh, prayer, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. In First Thessalonians 5, he says, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about any, anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Again and again, the the way to deal with trouble is not to take justice into your own hands and not to abandon the faith. The way to deal with trouble is to pray. And so he wants to encourage us to pray. And the encouragement of, of, the, uh, of the proverb is the encouragement of a, a comparison and a uh, contrasting. Uh, he uh, compares the disciples to a widow. A widow who is oppressed, who is denied justice, and who is, because she is a widow, a sort of helpless member of society. She has no uh, privilege uh, like men did in that society. And uh, she's at the, the mercy of others. And uh, the disciples, when they are persecuted, will be in a similar kind of situation where they have no uh, political power, no uh, military power, no financial power. They're uh, they're destitute because they're being persecuted for the faith. They're being uh, blacklisted with regard to uh, employment because they won't worship the deity of their profession. The, every uh, profession had its local deity, and uh, they of course would not go to the temple to worship those false gods, and so they weren't allowed to to work in their field because nobody would hire them. You don't honor the, if you're a carpenter, you don't honor the God of the carpenters. Well, you're not going to work for me because the, the God of the carpenters is going to curse your work for not, uh, uh worshiping him. And, uh, so they would, uh, be identified as those who don't worship the, the patron, uh, sa the saint or the patron, uh, uh, 
uh, God of uh, each profession, and they they were becoming poor. And uh, in Acts 8, we read that uh, in Jerusalem, everybody was scattered because of the persecution. They were driven from their homes. So they're they're powerless, weak members of society, like uh, widows, and uh, looking for justice. And uh, he uh, he compares them to that kind of situation, and is basically saying, expect to be in that kind of situations. But then he also uh, contrasts uh, God, the Father, with uh, with an unjust judge. He's not saying uh, God is an unjust judge, but he's saying God is a judge, but much different than the unjust judge. Now, an unjust judge will, uh, for the sake of expediency and for the sake of peace, give this widow what she wants just to get rid of her. She's pestering him again and again and again, annoying him, and uh, finally he says, enough is enough, I'll, I'll do what you ask, and uh, he gives her justice. And Jesus says, well, if an unjust judge will do that, how much more your Father in heaven, how much more God, who is a just judge, he certainly will give uh, justice to those who beseech it from him. Uh, I tell you, he will avenge them. Uh, uh, and shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out night and day to him, though he bears long with them? That bearing long with them means uh, he doesn't give them what they want right away. He knows that suffering is for our good and He's uh, disciplining us as a loving father through uh, persecution and so forth. So he wants that to have its effect. But in due time, he will answer. If an unjust judge does that, how much more should we expect uh, God to do that? But we might ask, why is it necessary to be persistent? Why do you have to ask over and over again? Or for that matter, why do you have to ask at all? Uh, Jesus in one place in Matthew 6, verse uh, 8 says, Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Well, if He knows what we need before we ask Him, why do we have to ask? And why do we have to continue to ask again and again? Why do we have to be persistent in prayer? Well, we honor God when we go to Him for what we need. In prayer, we acknowledge our dependence on Him, and we acknowledge His power, and we bring Him glory. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Persistent prayer is a mark of faith. It's evidence that we sincerely want God's help and know that we cannot succeed without his help. You know, it's uh, the stereotypical uh, macho male uh, refuses to ask for directions. Uh, he's driving the car and his wife's uh, sitting beside him and they're driving around in circles, don't know where they're going. And wife is saying, just stop and ask somebody where it is, you know. And now man won't stop and ask for directions. That would be admitting uh, weakness. That would be admitting that he can't handle it himself. And so he, he doesn't ask. I don't know if that's true of you or not, but uh, if it is true of anyone... Indeed, it is the case that uh, people who are proud, people who are uh, pride themselves on being self-reliant, don't ask for help. Uh, and uh, it takes humility to do that. 
And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for us to humble ourselves and confess to him, God, we need your help. And uh, he's saying that if you persist in that, it is evidence that your your faith is real. You know, a quick, okay, God, I guess I need some help now. Uh, can you do something for me? And then uh, go back and see if you can figure out figure it out yourself again. It's really not a mark of faith. No, he looks for us to be persistent because that shows that we really believe that we are dependent on God and cannot exceed without his aid. It's evidence that our faith is in God and not in ourselves. Again, to encourage us, he gives a promise here. Speedy justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Uh, the promise is the promise of of justice, the promise of, of safety, of peace, of uh, relief from evil. Uh, but now we might say, is that right for us to, to pray for that, that our, our enemies would be taken out of the way? Well, uh, it's a prayer for justice, and uh, justice may be accomplished in a number of ways. God may end persecution by converting the persecutors so that they become Christians. He could uh, end uh, it simply by uh, a change in administration, you know, a different political power, one uh, king or emperor or president or prime minister is uh, replaced by another. There's a change uh, in the political climate, and so that changes, or God simply works a change in the culture in such a way that uh, things turn around. Or God could defeat the enemies and indeed uh, wipe them out. Uh, There are many options by which God can bring justice. Uh, And so the desire for justice, the desire for relief, for an end to persecution and peace is not a a bad thing. It means our salvation. It's what is going to happen fully and completely on the day of the Lord when Christ does come physically and visibly and gloriously, uh, it will indeed be justice and peace and righteousness prevailing over the whole earth uh, with all the wicked taken out of the way. Uh, But how are we to understand this word speedily? Uh, Well, it doesn't mean right away. If it meant right away, it wouldn't say you had to be persistent. And it uh, wouldn't say in uh, chapter 18, verse 7, uh, though he bears long with them. And uh, he uh, wouldn't say that uh, you're going to long for one of the days of the, of the Son of Man. But first, this generation has to be dealt with. And that generation was dealt with over a period of 40 years. What we understand by the word speedily there is that it's not not that it, it comes immediately uh, uh, two seconds after your your first prayer, but it does come before the final coming of the Lord. It will come in their lifetime. The disciples will be longing for one of these days of the Lord, and they will see it in their lifetime. Uh, God will reward their prayers if they are persistent in prayer. He will send times of blessing. Uh, even before uh, A.D. 70, there were, uh, when the, the Jewish opposition was uh, wiped out, 
there were times of relative peace for the church, where the church was able to grow and to prosper. Uh, God works individually with, he works with individuals, he works with congregations, he works with geographic regions, uh, he works on the grand scale or the small scale. Uh, he does what's right for each person. And uh, he says, you can be assured that if you continually look to me and trust in me to help you, I will help you. You will see that help in your life. You won't have to wait until the end of the age when Christ comes in his glory uh, to uh, usher in the fullness of our salvation. There will be many times, many days of the Lord where God will come and help you. It means that in God's promise, he deals with us in such a way to not allow injustice and persecution to go on forever and ever as we pray for relief. Of course, if you're not praying, you're not being persistent in prayer, uh, the promise uh, is not given. Now, he concludes with a, a bit of a zinger. Uh, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Uh, he concludes that way because in many places in the Bible, we know that persecution is uh, something that destroys the apparent faith or supposed faith of some. In Matthew 13, Jesus is explaining the parable of the four soils, and he says, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word at once, receives it with joy, but since it has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. And uh, again in Matthew 24, uh, speaking about uh, uh, tribulation coming, he says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray each and hate each other. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be, will be saved. When we see trouble and oppression all around, there is great temptation to, uh, to fall away. When uh, things are upset, uh, we have a testing to see who will persevere. Uh, we'll see something of that when, uh, if in due time, we're able to uh, everybody come to uh, worship services without any fear of uh, contracting the disease. When that uh, threat is gone and it's safe for everybody to come back, we'll see whether everybody does come back or not. Uh, it's the time of testing, time when we'll see what uh, is really in the hearts of those who have professed faith in Christ, but who in times of difficulty may fall away. The lesson of this parable applies to uh, all the things that God has commanded us to pray about, not just relief from suffering, but uh, anything that he commands us to pray about. If we are persistent in prayer, he will hear us and come and answer us and help us in our need in his good time. And so we come to him in prayer this evening with that assurance, that promise, and that encouragement. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this teaching of our Lord regarding prayer and pray that it may 
encourage us to be persistent in prayer and to persevere in times of trial and tribulation. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.